welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today, relationship life coach Cindy Chavez. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And I'm equally happy that I'm now going to have to create a new version of the intro because two have become three. Many <laughs> listeners will remember Jackie Gates. She came on a few weeks ago to tell us about acting as if. And we were kind of acting as if that she might want to come on more permanently. And she did. So Yay! it works. It's great. Jackie. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, oh, thanks Jackie's for joining the team. Black, Walt. Uh-oh. What happened there? That's not good. I can see you. <laughs> I'm over here in the chat chatting with her. But she can't see us and she can't hear us. Oh, no. Ah, I don't know what to do about that. I would suggest uh, have her log out and log back in and let's see if we can pick her up that way. Okay, so while she's taking care of that. How are you doing, Cindy? I mean, you know, we'll wait till Jackie comes in to ask her I'm, how she's doing, but I'm doing well and I'm thinking about our, our conversation before the show, which I was yes. private, but it was just about, uh, glitchiness in yes. things that were going wrong as far as communication. I say wrong, but you know, and just little things. And then this happens. It's like weird, you know? Uh, we, That's law of attraction. I mean, right. remember seriously. when we had this happen where something was happening and then, when we stopped talking about it, it all cleared up. So it's exactly. like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, Jackie. Hey, you're back. Hello, hello. I'll just have to arrive late, you know, fashionably late. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're not late. It's like fashionably late isn't late. That's just, that's good courtesy is what that is. <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking about, before the show, we were talking about several experiences that the two of us had today that were just like glitchy system, <laughs> not quite working out the way they're supposed to work out. And then this happened and we decided we must have attracted it because we were talking about these kind of things. Oh, yeah. And Mercury retrograde and all that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we, we always make it through. So, so oh, how we, do. we do. <laughs> we're excited you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to see what we talk about. Well, that's the, that's the greatest part. We don't know what we're going to talk about either. Well, there you go. Then I mean, that, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. Improv as we go. Yes. I mean, we have, you know, certain outlines where like, you know, lately we've been doing these Pam Drought exercises, which are a lot of fun, but, Mm -hmm. but but, you know, that you can describe that in a minute. The rest of it is what are you going to do with it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's funny when, um, when I invited Jackie, uh, when I told her that I, we both wanted her to be our third co-host and would she be interested in doing that? She said yes right away and she was really excited. And then she said, wait, I, but I'm not sure what we're, what we talk about. And I said, we're not either. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're in the right place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Which is fabulous. Well, we should uh, go back and review what we did uh, last week. Cause we did start an experiment, Cindy, last week. And mm-hmm. I have to say I had, I didn't have results like I would have expected because I didn't really do it in the order that we were supposed to. We were supposed to put the intentions out and then 48 hours later have a result. Um, I actually forgot to put the intention out in the way described in the experiment, but I did it unintentionally on my own, forgetting that we were doing an experiment <laughs> later okay. on, days later. So it was kind of, it was weird parameters, I guess is what it amounts to. And what was your result? 
well, I wasn't specifically trying the, the, the experiment we were doing was, can we send a message to somebody um, using just spirit, using energy and have them receive it? And I didn't actually try to send a message per se. What I tried, tried to send was a mindset. Oh, uh, yeah. How cool. Yeah. We have, um, uh, I should tell you, Jackie, my wife and I have a gardening service and maintenance business that mm-hmm. she, she's actually retired right now. I'm running it for her and, you know, we're going to run it for a bit and then probably try to sell it or something. But, uh, we have a really, really great staff. We have like the best gardeners in the area by far. So very, very high quality. We call the work that we do fine gardening as a way to describe mm-hmm. it. And we had two employees who were, most of our team, our team gets along really well. They're, I mean, we, we actually select people for the team based on their demeanor, their personality type and so forth. So they all fit in and, and they all do. They're all great. But there were two who were having kind of, they were kind of butting heads on some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so I had to go over to the site where they were working to kind of smooth things over with them. And, you know, and, and it really came down to, you know how it is when you're in a, a bad vibe situation you hear what you expect to hear regardless of what actually got said. It was one of those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So they, were, so they were literally triggering each other unintentionally. Well, on my way over there, I just started holding both of them in my mind. Um, well, I'll never Goddard, by the way, Cindy. Um, yeah. Holding both of them in my mind, one at a time, and imagining each one of them settling the whole thing and, you know, letting go of, of their angst and letting go of their frustration and moving forward and, and having a really great day. And when I got there, they were, they were still a little bit on edge. I had my talk with each one of them. We worked it all out. And you know what? When I left, both of them were feeling really, really good. And what was particularly interesting is they were almost at each other's throats before I got there. Wow. <laughs> so it does work. It does work. Yes. There's no doubt. I just didn't do it specifically trying to send them a message. But other than that, yeah. Mm, sounds like some really powerful pre-paving there. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Did you give it a shot, uh, Cindy? Did you try it at I all? Did. I did. So I remembered what Pam Grout said in the book about not just sending like a verbal, you know, it's mental, but like a words, like a message mm-hmm. like words. Mm-hmm. and But to really feel that you're with the person and get your senses involved. And so every time I would start, I would kind of go on the word thing and I would, no, no, no. And so I waited until um, I was in bed because Neville falling asleep, you know, right. imagining, and I kind of created some vignettes and I told you that my edge would be someone I had only met once. Yes. So yeah. I would have like no reason to reach out. Right. Okay. So I, I had about three people in my mind that would have like no reason to reach out. And so I, you know, I kind of sent them a message. Um, and, and I, in my mind, I was like with them and I was talking to them. I was telling them something. I was really feeling like we were connected. And then I started thinking of people that I know well, but haven't talked to in a long time. And I sort of started adding them in, right. And like, going from person to person and maybe bringing up uh, some funny story we knew together or something. And, and, you know, the, the experiment said we just wanted to get confirmation that the person had received our message. I mean, it didn't necessarily right. say they had to reach out to us, but that we wanted to find some confirmation. All right. So I did that probably the day after. So last Thursday or Friday, 
Mm -hmm. And then I just sort of let it go. I was like, we'll just see. And it was supposed to be 48 hours. Um, so in the 48 hour period, uh, I had kind of forgotten about it. And I was sitting here at my desk and I had 45 minutes before a client appointment and my phone, I looked over and my sister was calling me. Now, my sister and I are really close, but we don't talk very often. She's a uh, mother of two preschoolers and she works 14 hour shift as a trauma nurse. Um, so she is like, you know, over her head in busyness. And we text once in a while, um, but we don't really talk. And I saw she was calling me. And of course, the first thing I thought of was that I hoped nothing was wrong, right? Because I picked up the phone and she said, no, I just had a long drive into work. And I was like, I'm going to call because I we never talk and we've got to start talking more. And we say it all the time. And I'm just going to hope that you're not with a client and that you answer. So about five hours after our wonderful conversation, I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> 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 there's one of the people that I sent the message to. <laughs> if I would have remembered, I would have told her because she would have thought that was cool. But the other people that were kind of like on, you know, really on that edge, I, I haven't gotten any confirmation back that they received my message. Uh, so I, I say, I would say it was successful on some level, but yeah, sure. I, I, I like through a lot uh, of things out there trying to get one to stick. <laughs> well, I like what Dean McMurray, who does uh, the Tuesday show with me, says. He, uh, he's applying this whenever we do psychic experiments and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, but his whole attitude is to, to treat it like a mantra, and the mantra is mm, "F it," and not worry about what the result <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the, the you know it was like i said i've forgotten about it yeah yeah the ultimate detachment absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah, right right there's a thing in magic you know that's called lust for result and it says don't do that mm. no. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that 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 will keep that thing away and it's the same thing in you know in, in the eastern uh thought is what jackie said attachment Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, even in physics, there's you know, there's there's reach and withdraw. They're they're the opposite um, energetic things, and and we all know that you know we go after something, we go after something, and we reach, we reach, we reach, and then we oh we'll stuff it. I'm I'm giving up. And then we withdraw, <laughs> and that thing comes pelting back after us, right? And exactly. we'll get thing, and that's and this it's just it's just it, it's just physics, but it's also physics, um, and and so being able to forget about it gives you know, the field, a chance to get on and do the things and reorganize itself without us getting in the way. Which is a good idea, by the way, because yes, we're, we're yes. really good at getting in our own way. We're oh, very, very skilled good. at that. Yes, yes. yes. I yes. would say that people should have a skill in life, and that one we all have. <laughs> in our own way? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. To the outcome of things, yeah. Uh-huh, mm -hmm. yeah. I want to also uh, take a moment to, to acknowledge people saying hello in the live stream. Hello to Cindy Aldridge. Glad that you could uh, join us today. And a uh, Facebook user, we can't really see who it is because she didn't give the permission, but or, or he or she, but whoever you are, thank you for your messages. Thank you for saying great job and all that. Great to have you with us. Yes. Um, and, and we're excited because we are welcoming Jackie Gates to be a part of the team here on Wednesday. So this, this is cool. So good because Jackie is like a wealth of... <laughs> law of attraction ideas and knowledge and experience. And I think that's the important thing, experience. Like oh, Jackie yes. says, uh, she is 
a top level manifester, I would say. Like she, and not only that, you know, some people manifest things. Uh, at some point in my life, I manifested so much stuff that people noticed. They would say, oh my gosh, I want to do what you do. But I don't think I quite at that point had a handle on how I was doing it. Mm. Right. I had to figure out, I had to reverse engineer and figure out like, okay, people started asking me to teach them how I was manifesting so much stuff. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know how to teach this. <laughs> not like, what did I do? Right. Well, mm-hmm. What did I not do? And I think Jackie is like a genius at reverse engineering all of the wonderful things that she's manifested in her life and is still manifesting in her life. And she's really great at teaching it in a very practical way to other people. So great. Uh, Thank you for that. Can I hire you? Can you say that loudly and often to anybody that I meet? (laughs) Yes, I will. I will. (laughs) Well, we can absolutely promise that 600 people are getting that message because that's typically what we get listening to an episode. So you got at least that much off the bat. You know, people. Yeah, it's it's very different when I mean, I didn't set out to teach any of this. It just happened to be, you know, I, I was I was literally working my way through the secret, which was how I how I found law of attraction to start off with. It was not something that was ever in my in my awareness. Um, and uh, and then the secret came and I, I did this. Okay, so I probably went a little overboard because I had the book that I was reading and then I bought the DVD, which I watched every other night, but I also had it on audio, so I was listening to it in the car. And it was like, and it was a total immersion, you know, and the, I just applied it. And so when, when everything changed in six months and our life, our life was, like we were literally living our vision board. It was the most surreal and magical thing. Um, and that's when it was like, whoa, this stuff works. And and then I had to go back and go, okay, so how come it worked for me, but it didn't work for the friend that I told her? And then that was where this whole, um, you know, acting as if and set design and that part came in. Because I think um, – it's, and this this is a segue, but recently the same crowd that did The Secret brought out Beyond The Secret. Yes. Which is another movie, mm-hmm. right? It's 19 bucks. You can watch it or whatever. And basically they're saying, yes, thoughts become things, but you have to act on them. Right, yeah. And <laughs> it's like that was the piece that everybody um, – Oh, sorry, got... we left something out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like – because they want to sell it as a magic as a magic key and, and – and, yeah, thoughts become things, but in between thought and thing is action. There's this manifesting, and and for for me, between being and having is always the doing. But how you do what you do, how you be what you do, depends on will dictate what you have. Because if you do something, uh, okay, so I'll just use what I do. If if you do your housework in full-on martyrdom mode, which, hello, we've all done that. We slam the cupboard doors and we wipe things and we half-ass the corners and blah, blah, blah. Then next time you get to have to do the housework, it's worse. You are (laughs) being even worse. And nobody Mm -hmm. likes you when you're doing housework. And it's it's just like, yeah. But when you start shifting to the beingness of, I am domestic goddess. I am now fully dressed. I am, you know, wafting about my house. I'm tending to the things I cherish, which is always how I look at them. Then housework doesn't become so tedious. Housework becomes 
literal tending. It becomes something you do because you love the things you're looking after. I mean, we don't look at the kid and say, I fed you yesterday. I'm kind of done. With. <laughs> you know, we don't tell the dog we're not going to feed them because we're, we're done. We're, we're, we're finished. Right. And we don't not change the litter box because, dear God, we did that yesterday too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how how we be when we do affects our havingness. And so that's the thoughts becoming things part. And my acting skills has came in with the doing part. And, and that's, that's the, 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 twir- the quirk of life, shall we say, that it's just like, I, I'm so thrilled that it happened. Um, but it's what gives me such a different view on the doing part of be, do, have. Um, and how I knew thoughts became things, but you had to do and you had to do as you wanted to be expecting what you want to have. And so now to see this movie that they've all come out and they say, yeah, listen, you have to <laughs> actually do something with the thinking that you're ha- so that you can have, but you, but you have to reverse engineer it. You have to do as if that thing is coming. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, it took you 15 years to do this. You could have just mentioned this in the first production. <laughs> but, yeah. So. That's my, that's my fun part, but it, it is, it's always this pragmatic part that, um, that I think trip people up. They, they, mm. they know that thoughts become things. They, everybody can see it. They know that, um, the more attention you put onto something, the bigger, weightier, heavier, more real it becomes. We know that, right? Attention go, where attention goes, where energy, no. Energy flows where attention goes. Yes. But there's the how of the attention. Who are you when you're putting that attention on? Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to put that plate of food in front of your kid and say, here, eat? Or are you going to put it down and say, I made your special enjoy? You know, it's, it's that kind of a thing. And, um, we can do the same actions as very different beingnesses. And I think it's that part that gets, it's not that it gets glossed over. I just don't think people know how important it is in in the manif- in manifesting. Well, it's a funny thing because when I first got exposed to The Secret, like you, I was kind of working through it, playing it over and over again, rereading the book and so forth, and, and trying to figure out, to fill in the blanks, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and on the whole question of the doing part, I think they actually did mention it at one point in the movie, but it kind of got understated. Uh, but... I kept thinking about it this way. Well, yeah, it's kind of cool if you can wave your magic wand and you can make, you know, money or a relationship or health or whatever appear out of thin air. But isn't that kind of boring after a while? I mean, how exciting is it actually to manifest stuff from your couch all the time? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I'd really you, like to know, though. You know, I mean, I'd like to be able to sit on my couch and go, one <laughs> five-course dinner on my dining room table, please. And there it is. But, Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I actually it's think that's possible to do. But, but, I mean, the first time would be fun. The second time would be interesting. But after a while, you kind of want to do something. We came into this life to be doers, not right. to be couch potatoes. Right. Yeah, right. we came to be humans. And this that's is right. part of being human. Yes, absolutely. It's very boring being a god. Um, and yeah, well, it's not a god you are, I suppose. But. <laughs> I suppose. Right. But yes, absolutely. But the, the, um, it is, it is a piece of, of manifesting. I think the thing that tricks people, uh, trips people up, and I know it did me because I was working retail at the time and I didn't like working retail. It's like, 
is that this thing I wanted to have didn't involve me working retail. Mm. So what do I do with the retail job I have to have Mm -hmm. until I get to the place I want to have, right? So how do I be? And that was interesting. Um, uh, Think and Grow Rich, he, Mm -hmm. or maybe it was the... Science of become or oh, science of getting rich. Wallace Wattles. Anyway, um, yeah, he, rich. yes, that's right. He talks about becoming a person of increase, <laughs> and being a person of increase meant that when I was doing my barista shifts at Starbucks, I was so overdressed for the job that it was like so obvious I was not going to stay as a barista. <laughs> I, I mean, I had full Chanel pearls and the hair and the glamour and the makeup and everything. So when I said I'm the goddess of lattes, people go, yes, of course you are. Um, <laughs> it's, it. It's like, it was so obvious, right? But this is how becoming the person of increase helps you cope with the reality that you're navigating mm. while you're focused on the reality you're creating. I like the idea of, uh, I, I heard this recently, um, pretending. Mm-hmm. So, pretending, yes. So it's like um, we're just pretending that we're uh, a barista at Starbucks. Yes. Right? It's like we can, it, it shifts something in the brain, in the mindset that's like, I'm just pretending to do this. It's a role that I'm playing. It's not who I am, right? Yeah. And I love that you use the word when you talk about uh, housework. You use the word tending. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that because Walt was talking about he and Louise having a gardening business. And, yes, there are some people that don't want to do their own garden, and so they hire Walt and Louise and their team to make a beautiful garden. But I think about the people, like my husband is one of them, who mm-hmm. finds a lot of joy in tending a garden. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he goes out there every night and he's pulling weeds and he's planting things and he's loving on his flowers, right? It's like he is filled with love for the garden and joy in doing it and he relaxes out there. And it's like, and I think if we could be there when, like you said, tending your home, you know, you, what are you doing? You're you're maintaining all the things you cherish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm happy. And I got a picture of him, of my husband in the garden, maintaining mm-hmm. all the little plants and big plants that he cherishes, the trees, the, the everything. And I thought, that's it right there. And it's just a little tweak of language, you know, like a tweak I love for people that want a partner is, do you say that you're single or do you say that you're available? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little tweak in language. But so our doing, our acting, our actions and our words Mm-hmm. Make some small tweaks and, you know, really shift the energy in what we're creating because our story, everything, you know, Walt and I talk about this all the time about how many things we filter out. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the world is throwing at us so much information. We'd all be overwhelmed and dead of overwhelmment if we actually tried to take it all in. So we have these gates in our brain that filter out almost everything until we make some intention, right? It's like, I'm going to see if I see any green cars and yellow butterflies. That was another experiment that we did. And I managed to see a green car and a yellow butterfly without leaving the house. (laughs) Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. thing from your couch right there. Right. I made the intention. So, so I no longer was just filtering those things out. 
there was a butterfly printed on the fabric on the inside of the umbrella that we hadn't used in ages, and it was pouring rain. It was the only umbrella in the mudroom. <laughs> and I was trying to get my husband to take it, and he's like, no, I'm just going to the car. I'll be fine. And it, it was raining so hard, I knew I wouldn't be able to go outside and look for green cars. But when he opened it, he said, there's your yellow butterfly. Now, if I hadn't made that intention because of our experiment, he would have opened it and I wouldn't have seen the yellow butterfly right. or cared about the yellow butterfly. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like our filter is our story about ourselves. Yes. Beautiful. Everything is filtered through that story about yourself. So when you're the goddess of lattes and you're putting on the pearls, you know, you're, there's a filter you're creating there. Mm-hmm. And, and everything is going to be filtered through that. And what happens then? We start noticing all of the things coming available to us, all the opportunities that we don't see before because the poor martyr that has to work retail in her, you know, drudgery doesn't see those same things. She has mm-hmm. a different story and she doesn't see them. It's a different energy level. Yeah, it, it, your story is definitely a lens. Absolutely. It's how you see everything. I want to share a few comments from uh, people listening to the live stream. First of all, Cindy Aldridge is saying, we all manifest all the time. It's learning to manifest what we actually desire. Yeah. Guys, that's mm-hmm. what we call it, conscious creation, which I love so much better than law of attraction. Yes. <laughs> I hear you. Yes. Shelly, who's also a co-host, she's a Tuesday co-host with me, and Dean says, I always say thought, feel, and inspired action. Mm-hmm. Right along the lines of what you were saying. Then Neo, also a co-host, does the Friday shows. Uh, well, he, wants to, he wants to invite you guys to his summit that he does every month, but he also said, it's very boring being a god. That's what we started giving ourselves amnesia upon the reset we call birth for. I mean, that's what that was all about. That's exactly it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a, I think it's a Jewish uh, midrash, but it says that when you're born, right before you come to to the world, that the angel touches you right here, and that makes you forget everything. And so this little, this little indention right here, my husband has one that's so sexy. I love it so much. <laughs> the little indention under your nose and above your lip. Um, it's called a philtrum, if you don't know what that's called. And that's where the angel touches you to make you forget everything you already know. And I, and mine is like barely there. So my husband's like, yeah, you, you didn't get touched. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, that's funny. I remember something. Yeah, that's because the angel didn't touch you hard enough. He was busy. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting, too. When you were talking about the uh, how your husband loves the gardening, um, it really tuned in very heavily with me because that's our customer base. Our customer base are actually people who've been gardening for years, but they can't do it anymore. Oh, oh right. Yeah. And they yeah. love the garden and they appreciate what it takes to get stuff done in the garden. That's what makes mm-hmm. them their best, our best customers. I mean, mm-hmm. well, first of all, they love us. We have great gardeners. That really helps a mm-hmm. lot too. Yeah. But they also appreciate what we do. And that brings in the concept appreciation. Their gratitude, their appreciation makes us better. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. it does. Yeah. Remember that um, we've talked about the energy scale and how it correlates to the Abraham Hicks emotional scale. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Is it called emotional guidance scale? And yes. appreciation is up there, right? Top mm-hmm. of the list. Is it the top? It's it's tied at the top with joy, happiness. Right. I knew it was clarity. Yeah, it was like up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right. it's busy up at the top, let me tell you. <laughs> right. And so a habit that I got into as far as like appreciation and gratitude practice, uh, because a lot of times people start on this path because 
They want more money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome um, because money, we can't do much without it. Right. Right. So we need it for pretty much everything. And what I started doing in my gratitude practice is being thankful to money for things, for everything, because money is so interconnected to everything. <laughs> like if I have something, even if I didn't spend money on it, money was involved somehow. Mm-hmm. Someone else spent money on it. There was money invested in whoever made it. Somebody, you know, used their time to create it or this. You can't take money out of the out of the equation. So you can be thankful when you're thankful for something. Look at it as uh, connected to money. And that makes you appreciate money, which is mm-hmm. hard for some people to do, because sometimes money gets a really bad rap as being unspiritual or the root of all evil or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, I think also money is, is a way of expressing appreciation. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Every time that we make a payment for something, we're, we're yeah. thanking that person for that thing that they just created yeah. for us, whatever that thing yeah. is. Service, right. When we go to with our dollars, those things that we want to keep going or that we agree with, we buy and we put money towards. Yeah. You know, now we screw ourselves up if we, if we make the payment by saying, Oh God, here goes the money out the door again. I mean, yeah, yeah. okay. You just, you just ruined your entire day. Forget it. <laughs> I used to do that when I was, um, in a position of being very, very tight with, you know, how the finances were. And it was sort sort of sometimes painful to sit down and write bills. Mm-hmm. And I started recognizing that, no, I'm just writing thank you notes. Like, I'm thankful for electricity. I'm thankful for water. I'm thankful for, you know, whatever else I was paying. And it really did shift, like, how I felt about it. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I'm talking about this and I'm thinking about that time, which was maybe, you know, 20 years ago. And, you know, that that it's not like that anymore, right? I'm not. So, I mean, it works. Mm-hmm. and. It's a, sometimes it's a long game. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah. recently wanted to hire me because they want me to teach them instant manifestation. Ah, okay. And I said, oh, I can teach you all about manifestation. <laughs> this is true. There's no doubt about that. And, and I'm actually, I'm actually experiencing right now what we're talking about because this idea of wanting to get stuff coming in quicker is a two-edged sword. We don't really realize what the other edge of the sword is, but mm-hmm. there's two edges to it. I mean, quite honestly, the, the gardening business is great in the sense that it's provided a good living to us and so forth. But, I mean, I really like to move on to something that is less stressful and brings more money in and all that kind of stuff. I'd like to make that transition happen. Well, it's happening during the busiest part of the gardening season. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, why not? Of course, right, because that's when yeah. I'm vibrating to it, right? So uh, I've, I've been telling people here on the show for a few weeks now, I had this idea about um, doing an advertising thing through Facebook groups, and I just got word that my programmer finished the piece of software that, that he was creating for me that would enable me to do that very thing. So I'm now at the point, and by the way, he wants to get paid right away, and I can't even look at the software until the weekend, you know, so I was like, ah! <laughs> so, so I have this thing, and I know this thing's going to be, financially a great successful thing and it's just a question of when can i get to it in the midst of all the all this money that's coming in on the gardening business i mean this year we are having a record year in the gardening business that's awesome though it is awesome yeah (laughs) i mean to to give you an idea we have twice as many gardeners this year as we had last year and our waiting list is twice as long wow wow this is the universe saying 
this is the universe saying, are you sure you want to give this up? I'm just, right. <laughs> right. It's just like, you know, you mentioned this, but here's a really good thing. Are you sure? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And meanwhile, I'm saying, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's, that's really interesting, Jackie, because, you know, I talk about a field test. Mm-hmm, that's what it is. Anytime we make a strong declaration, then often we get tested by some experience like that. It's like, are you really sure? And uh, <laughs> so while you're in the position of getting to really enjoy the test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, actually, that's what's enabling me to get through this craziness because we're really going through a lot of craziness right now. And mm-hmm. enjoying it is not so much enjoying the craziness, but enjoying everything I can find to enjoy about it, mm-hmm. about what's been going on and, and appreciating how we, how wonderful our staff is. Let me tell you, I have raised appreciation of staff to levels that other bosses can only envy. <laughs> it is just really top of the line right now. And they're and, great. I mean, they really are that good. But that's why you created yeah. them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember somebody complaining about their clients and, and someone asking, you know, their coach asking them, why did you create clients like this? Ah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. Now, yeah. Neil, Neil, who's a, a co-host on Friday, he, he threw up an interesting thing here on the chat. He said, my aunt, who is super churchy, says that money is the root of all evil. He says, I can't wait to hand her $100,000. Prove her wrong. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because the Bible says the love of money is That's the right. root of all evil. Yeah. It's not actually. People have sort of shortened that in because money is neutral, really. It really it is. is. Like, you know what? The love of money isn't the root of all evil no. either. No, right? no. <laughs> focusing on what you dislike intensely is the root of all evil. That's where it all comes from. <laughs> I mean, maybe self-loathing is the root of all. Yeah. Evil. yeah, yeah. I would say so. I mean, I, I think about uh, Jackie mentioned Wallace Waddles. That's a wonderful classic book mm-hmm. for anybody that doesn't know of it or hasn't read it. The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Um, and one of the things that he points out very clearly and succinctly and wonderfully is that, you know, you being poor doesn't help anyone. No. Are you worried about people not having enough to eat or a roof over their head or whatever it is you're worried about in the world? Well, the more money you have, the more you can help. (laughs) I don't know who said it. Somebody said it, but I can't remember who it was. I can't make myself poor enough to help you. No, that's oh. right. yeah, that's that is oh. so apt, and yeah. and you know there was this um, sort of sideways nobility in being poor. Um, mm. it, it got it. I don't think it was that intention, but it was very useful for, um, you know, for, for as a control mechanism for the masses, shall we say? <laughs> and um, and so, but you, and so this nobility of being poor, um, it's such a it's such a trap because people mm. thinking you can't be noble and rich. It's not an either or. That's right. And, and, you know, and I, and I, it, it, it gets me every time because you cannot, you will not build yourself into something you loathe. It, if people don't do that, they don't strive to become, they will not strive to become something that they hate. And yet you'll hear 99% of people tell you that rich people are jerks. They waste their money. They do this. And then on the other side, but I want to be rich. I want to be yeah, rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. You cannot become something that you don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and so finding a model of a well-to-do person 
for yourself, somebody who's a couple of rungs above where you're, where you are, where you want to be, finding a model for that kind of thing is so important. Right. Because it's, it's the things you want to be, right? Somebody that's yeah. kind and generous and has integrity or whatever it is that you think rich people don't have. I have this thing in my head that the truck drive, the people who drive those big pickup trucks that have decals of mud because they never actually get the damn thing dirty. Um, <laughs> they, 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 these, these, tricked out they always drive like such jerks you know (laughs) but this is my thought right so of course the minute that i sit in a friend's car and i know he's a wonderful person but he's driving a truck and i'm going "Mm, i hope nobody i know sees me in this truck (laughs) (laughs) but it was such an interesting awareness of how this opinion that i had yeah. Totally baseless. Maybe I got cut off by somebody driving a truck at some point and I decided that absolutely everybody who drives a truck is a jerk, right? And so now I have a different thing. Now my brain's going, because it, it has now two things to pay attention to and it doesn't know which one is right. Well, the answer is both are right and neither are right. Yeah. You know, some people who drive trucks, trucks are jerks and other people who drive trucks are not and there are people driving crappy sedans who are jerks and people driving crappy sedans who are wonderful people it, it really it's not an a equals a but our brains like to line things up and categorize them and put them all into the right filing drawer and so it just lumps everything together and this is where we have to start when you start talking about money what kind of a rich person will you be Mm-hmm. Can you be the model for the kind of rich person you want to be? Yeah. It's like, you know, when I, when I started doing theater, I had this picture in my head of the operatic diva, you know, the, the opera <laughs> star with, um, who throws, throws things around the dressing room and stomps her feet and, and, and is such a prima donna, um, in rehearsal mm-hmm. and she's impossible to work with, but she's wildly talented. So we pay her anyway. This was my thought. And the, the very first operatic, genuine operatic star that I met took the time to take a 12-year-old girl and say, sing to me, tell me, let me help you a little bit. She, she, I sang in her dressing room and she was so kind and so real and so um, not a diva yeah. that, that it blew my mind. And I, and I said to her, but you're not mean. And she goes, you don't have to be, because this is 12 year old, right? right. I, I can't say my filters are any better, but she goes, <laughs> she says, I said, you're not, you're not all mean. And she goes, you don't have to be a bitch to be successful. And that was like, oh, okay. Mm. And yeah. so it, it was a really interesting thing. So that as I moved up the ranks, I became the kind of leading lady that I, I, I had mod, seen modeled for myself. And yeah, we've right. got others that, you know, throw tantrums sure. and stuff, but it doesn't have to be that way. Well, I'm glad that you brought up the story and said you were 12. Because mm. what I was thinking about when we were having this beginning of this conversation is that most of our, the, the bulk of our thoughts and opinions and framework that we frame the world in and the story that we tell about ourselves, you know, it's all pretty much finished by the time we're seven. Right. Absolutely. So, so when you're 
five and you're in the car with, you know, grandpa and grandpa says, oh, look at these big mansions. Who would want a house that big? Nobody wants to clean that. Who wants to drive a car that uses that much gas? Who wants to make that payment? That's ridiculous, right? All mm-hmm. these things. My mother, that- he's got more money than sense. Right. <laughs> All these things that we hear and we're processing them mm-hmm. in some kind of belief system, right? We yeah. might not even know what they mean, but but then we find ourselves with, like you said, it's like, where did this come from? People that drive big trucks are jerks. Where, where, we don't know. Sometimes it goes way back. Yeah, we have no idea. And, it, and, and often it's the most nonsensical thing, but we take them as, as proof, as literal. You know, I, I heard somebody in um, a brain science class that I was doing. She's saying, do you remember that your thoughts are opinions? Your thoughts generally are not fact. Um, yeah, we've got some, we've got some truths. Obviously, if you drop something, it's going to fall down. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a fact. We can agree with that. But 99% of what we think is opinion. Mm -hmm. And so it helps when we say, like when I think, okay, you know, if he drives that truck, truck, he must be a, a jerk. Then I can remember that that is an opinion, not a truth. And, and so when you think of it as an opinion, you can kind of disassociate a little bit and go, do I want to keep that opinion? Is that the kind of opinion that someone like me wants to hold on to? And, and you can navigate undoing some thought patterns, um, that, that have been stuck and therefore you keep because if you have a thought pattern, you'll keep doing according to that thought pattern, which then amplifies the thought pattern, right? So when you can question the thought and start acting as if you are somebody who thinks differently, then you will think differently. Well, when you say the thought is an opinion, wow, that really hit me hard because opinions feel really personal. Mm-hmm, they are. Right? Like it's my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thought might just fly over my head, but an opinion. So if I'm thinking, oh, people, oh, people that drive those big trucks are jerks. There's kind of this idea that like everybody knows that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Or all the people in the know know that. All of us smart people realize. Everybody that. who's not driving a truck, yes. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but when you say, oh, well, you, that's your opinion. Oh gosh. Well, then I have to like own it personally. Right. And realize that and that, that makes a, big difference in how it feels in my body anyway when yeah. i say oh that's an opinion <laughs> it's like yes, and so it's I really let go of it though because it's just an opinion it's right? easier to let go of it yeah. because you can look and go okay so how did that opinion happen is it my mother's opinion my dad's opinion mm-hmm. is that some opinion that you got from some random theater critic yeah, uh, you know, it, let go of because it's harder to own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they also, but the 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 opinion part, um, it's it's such an interesting way of of changing how we navigate and doing old programming. Because when it's just an opinion, yes, it's yours, but it's also yours to change. Yeah, because. You know, like you said, you can say something and you think everybody knows that's true, but not necessarily. It's just all the people that you've had in your circle think that's true because that's how we gather. We gather according to the way we think. Yeah. Um, 
And or something you heard from people around you when you were little all the time. So you right. make that automatic assumption as a small child that this is just how it is. Yeah. So if there's something that you want, so like, for example, you want to be able to effortlessly clean your house. You want to get um, to sell your business easily and have a boatload of money sitting in the bank account. You've got to examine the opinions you have about people who have what you want. Because... <laughs> Because if you, like even just with the housework thing, if your opinion of people who do their own housework has, you know, sort of um, chores, martyrdom, or even nothing better to do with their time type stuff, then that's going to influence whether you get what you want. You have to have a good opinion about the person who, the kind of people who have what you want. Right. Otherwise you won't. And of, and of what goes with it, right? Yes. In other words, like somebody, you know, I, I've used this example before because it was a true example, but someone that wanted to be a best-selling author and just was stuck not being a best-selling author, and it turned out it was because her view was that best-selling authors have to go on book tours and are away from their family most of the year, which none of that's true. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just what she knew. And it can be true for some authors, but it didn't have to be true for her. So sometimes, right. Her opinion, if you want to phrase it that way, her opinion of the lifestyle or what what has to be done in this particular realm was like, oh, I wouldn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, So even though she kept saying she wanted to be an author and write a book, she didn't because she thought all of this went with it. And that wasn't her opinion of that part of it wasn't good. Yeah, so I, I had a client whose mother used to say often, I don't like rich people. Rich people are rude. I don't like rich people. So she never got rich. Mm-hmm. Or she never earned more than her father did. Sure. Well, because her mother wasn't going to like her if she got rich. Exactly. Right. That was, it was right. a protection thing. She She loved her mother and didn't want her to not like her. And there was a whole whole slew of hard conversations that had to be had about, um, you know, about earning earning more than your parents do and what that means to them and about you and about them. I'm with Neo. You just take the mom a boatload of money and say, <laughs> That's right. yes, buy her house and see what she says. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's I love a- this idea of, of being able to um, you think of it as opinion because opinion, among other things, is where we do our creating. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not only are we getting cues from, you know, generational cues and so forth, but we're also putting our own stuff into it. And one of, one of the best examples I can think of is, it may not be particularly positive, but it, but it's very instructive. Uh, somebody commit, commits a crime, and so the police are investigating. So what do they do? They go around and they talk to the witnesses. And the last four witnesses, uh, you know, so what did this uh, perpetrator look like? And one will say that he was tall, black, um, big bulky guy. The second one will say, well, no, actually he was a white teenager, a little thin. Third one will say, no, it wasn't male at all. It was a female. She had blonde hair. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they'll all be completely different. And then they'll get a copy of the videotape. And what they'll see is that the perp was dressed in a parka with a hood and gloves on. So you couldn't see a single inch of skin anywhere and you couldn't see any hair anywhere. So they were filling in the details from their, crea- their, their minds. They were actually mm-hmm. inventing the details. Yeah. That's just how powerful we are. We can just create this stuff out of thin air. And boy, it really does pay to understand. Well, if we're creating this out of thin air and that's leading to what we want in life, maybe we should pay attention to what we're creating out of thin air. Yes, and get a little more deliberate about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, I love this discussion so much. I'm, I'm, 
<laughs> I'm definitely going to be thinking about this, uh, you know, going forward about opinions and thoughts. It's a really great frame. Really great. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, a so question I love, it's not my question. It's, you know, just the very beginning of the work of Byron Katie, but the question I love to ask people when they tell me something, especially a story in a coaching session that is, being presented to me like absolute fact, right? Is just the question, is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm shocked at how many times someone tells you a statement and you say, is that true? That they stop. They have to stop and think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause up yeah. until that moment, they never considered it wasn't true. Right. No, that's right. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband asked me this the other night. <laughs> <laughs> When, when you're a coach and you are married to someone, eventually they learn your tricks. <laughs> they start calling you on your bullshit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My wife is a former therapist, and, and she says, this isn't any fun. I can't get away with anything anymore. <laughs> this is true. I, I, told Walt, I said, you should be the happiest person on the planet. <laughs> you live with a therapist, and you're surrounded with, like, coaches and law of attraction experts all the time. So, <laughs> Well, look what you can manifest when you decide to put your mind to it. It is a wonderful thing. It is indeed. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm fired up. I'm, I don't know. I, in spite of all of the... Um, can I just say terrible astro weather? <laughs> well, it has been interesting, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I, but I, it's been an invitation to change, right? When you when sure. you get when you get everything that doesn't work and you don't like and everything all held up for your observation, when when you yes. can't pass by it anymore, you have to see it. Yeah. That's when you get to choose what kind of person you want to be moving forward. Am I going to be somebody who sweeps us under the rug and continues to ignore it, or am I going to am I going to help change? You know, yeah. and so that's all the astro with it. You know, it's it's we are such cyclical beings. We work we work in natural rhythms, star rhythms, seasonal rhythms, personal rhythms, etc. And, but we, we, we feel like we're coming back to the same place, but it's always slightly different. And we are always different. It's not, you know, it's a spiral. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a loop. It's a spiral. And back to the same place, but we're a level up. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And so, and I think, and I think this time through, you know, um, post pandemic, we're all Mm. going to see things a little differently. Oh, yeah. We're all going to see, you know, our janitorial staff and our nursing staff and our teachers and everything. They all get the benefit of a new perspective because we've all had, um, you know, been through some global human weather and the astro weather is no different. We, we definitely, um, yeah, we navigate it according to how we are and where we want to go. What's really interesting to me is not are we going to, we already are. People are already experiencing that. They're already noticing it. And the thing that I, I keep paying attention to is I like looking for little articles about this. People who are realizing just how much they now like working from home because they were oh, working yeah. from home yeah. during the pandemic. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's this shift that's going to happen, you know, because when, when the Model T Ford became available to everybody, that's mm-hmm. when we got suburban sprawl. Right. That's when you could work further away from the office. You could exactly. work somewhere where there wasn't a train or a, or a bus or something, right? Mm-hmm. And and now people are enjoying being at home and they have cars. So now the office thing 
is starting to be somewhat of a choice, right? We used to think everybody had to gather in the office. So now we can gather. Now we can gather virtually from yeah. home, and and so I'm wondering what it's going to do to city planning. Oh, if you don't have enough. to have office blocks, what are you going to do with the office blocks we've got? But people, I think humans gather. We need to gather. You will. Everybody's somewhat zoomed out, so I think we're all going to swing to the other side and want to gather cheek by jowl, so to speak. Um, but at the end of the day, we're going to find a balance that I think is far more, um, far more personal. Those who want to gather in an office mm -hmm. will have the chance to do that, and those who like being at home will also. I mean, my husband's an engineer. He's worked, worked from home for years, but... What he noticed in his company is that all the sales and marketing types, they all want to get back in the office. They all want to get together <laughs> and talk to each other and be with, and all the engineering types, they're saying, no, we actually really <laughs> like being at home and not distracted by all you talkative types. Right, right. And I think that they could happen. That's the maker and marketer, right? That's yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. And so now we can have structures that support all kinds of people, not mm -hmm. just one um, sort of monolithic, this is how business is done. Thing. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the more, uh, forward thinking businesses are going to give their people a choice. It's that and, pendulum that swings, right? Yeah, you, know, yeah. like you said when the, when the car was invented, that pendulum swung eventually way over. When I lived, when I lived in California, I commuted an hour and 40 minutes each way. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, I yeah, know. Right. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, but when I lived in South Africa, anything more than 20 minute drive was like, oh, dear God, no, I'm not going. It's too far. <laughs> yeah, a, a woman that I worked with at one point where, where at that time, I think I was commuting like a, over an hour. She was from Germany. And she thought I was out of my mind. Yeah, because <laughs> in an hour, you could drive right across Germany. She said, where I'm from, if you're going to drive an hour, you pack a, a lunch, you pack a blanket, because you're going to be in another country. Yeah, you're going to need a passport, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's surreal. And it's, but I think, um, I think this enforced stop has given a lot of people, um, time to decide what they're going to manifest next. And, and I think that's really, really juicy for humanity as a whole. It's yes. like the real age of Aquarius. We get to, to decide yeah. what direction our collective is going. Isn't it interesting too? How do all of those opinions, right? We can yeah. now that yes. we're wrong about a lot of things. We well, were. we have an opinion that everybody had to go to an office. Right. That was how, that was how it worked. Well, that's yeah. the interesting part because during the pandemic, you weren't allowed to go to an office. Right. Like right. the whole thing shifted 180 degrees before you were even, oh my God, just what, what just happened here? Yes, we exactly. Were forced, we were forced to learn that a lot of our thoughts and opinions weren't exactly correct. Yes. <laughs> no, or weren't as, as, as immovable as we thought they were. Yeah. We think mm. everything is gravity and it's not. There's yeah. very immutable. <laughs> and gravity doesn't apply everywhere either. If we move to the moon, that's not an issue. So, you know, it's, there are not that many immutable laws. And well, I even think gravity isn't one of them. I mean, cause, cause it, as the physicists will tell you. Yeah. 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 So as, this is, there, there was this a great is, article I saw that said that astrophysicists are in turmoil right now because the law of gravity isn't working anymore. When they look oh, at what's happening out in the galaxies and so forth, they're not behaving the way they're supposed to. Oh, no, we can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> and there's even there's even a modified version of the law of gravity, and that one isn't working either. <laughs> and and all we want to do is decide whether we're going to the office or not. It's like, right. <laughs> so, so seriously, people, we can create what we want. We can create. We are. We can create something different, something mm-hmm. so much better. Yeah. We have to let go of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, opinions about people like us do this, you know, people like mm-hmm. me do things like that. Yeah. You know, um, and, and yeah, it's, oh, it's so fun. It's so juicy. It is. It's very juicy. And, and it's, it's a, a form of juiciness that I've been enjoying for quite some time now. Cause, um, Jackie, I started this podcast a little under nine years ago, wow. having no idea what it would turn into. And here I am sitting in front of my computer talking with two brilliant coaches who are sharing all these wonderful insights. I'm saying, whoa, this is way beyond anything that I thought was ever going to happen. This is fabulous. And it, yeah. And it's so cool because there are people, you know, if people can listen to it everywhere, they can see yeah. us. And it's just to say, you know, I mean, when you started this, we were still having boom boxes and, <laughs> That's right, you know, practically. and, and <laughs> our phone and our camera and our boom box and everything was completely different. There's three uh, separate items. Now we carry it all in our pocket. Literally when I started this, uh, this particular podcast, um, it did exist, but m- when you said the word Facebook to most people, they said, what's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And social media. What and is social that? media? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, and now my two-year-old grandbaby, you hand her a, pa- a tablet and she immediately presses a button and swipes left. She knows. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe you are two. Yeah, she knows exactly. She goes, where's the show? Where's the show? <laughs> Well, she was, she was waiting in line. She was waiting to get here so she could do it. Right. And she brings all the information with her. That's right. It's absolutely surreal. That, that's what makes uh, the whole concept of Akashic Records meaningful to me. When I see that kind of generational knowledge pickup, it just automatically happens. Yeah. They arrive with everything they need. Absolutely. Which is very, very cool. Okay. Well, as so often happens, we just blew through an hour. I know, and isn't it, that weird? It flies. So <laughs> it, it flies. I mean, well, it shows what kind of energy level we've had during the show. But um, I, I think I can honestly say without any hesitation, bringing Jackie on was the greatest coup we've had in months <laughs> here on the show. So, Thank you. I'll take it. Curtsies. Oh, Thank you. And I will get my lighting sorted so I don't look like I'm in a hole. But <laughs> I promise you we won't hold it against you until you get the lighting sorted. You're, you're okay. Yeah. Ah, uh, thank you. So we it's have to remember one... you're she's an actress. We have to remember, you know, she has to have the lighting just lighting right. Lighting is important. We'll make sure. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I have got to get my my umbrella lights out. <laughs> I may have a whole different set next week. Oh, so funny. I believe it. I believe it. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the director to say, okay, you know, are you ready for your close up? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yes, let's do this. It's so good. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to talking with you ladies next week. This is going to be a lot of fun going forward. By the way, for those who who have uh, who are used to this message, make sure you send in your messages. If you want to be included in the conversation, use the LOA Today app because that's the easiest way to do it. And in the meantime, we'll say thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.